You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we're gearing up for war with our series Built for Battle as we go through each piece of the armor of God. This is my friend right here. Doesn't he look good this morning? And I was thinking about during worship there that uh, I didn't even know his name. And then it hit me, his name is uh, Schultz. And uh, some of the older ones are laughing because you remember Hogan's hero. And Schultz would say, I know nothing. I see nothing. And I hear nothing. So if you're not laughing this morning, you go home and Google that and you understand what I'm talking about. But this thought came to my mind, that's one of our problems. We know nothing, we hear nothing, and we see nothing when it comes in the spiritual realm. So we are going to start this morning a seven-week series titled Built for Battle, This Means War. And it comes from the sixth chapter of Ephesians, and we have spent a lot of time as a staff getting ready uh, to, uh, to clothe you, to suit you up with the armor of God, to give you every opportunity to have the knowledge and the weapons that God expects and has given us that we can win every battle in life, but you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. We can design a notebook, but we can't make you take notes. So what I'm trying to say, this is a great opportunity. I believe that in this season of my life in ministry, it is to grow people and grow myself. So if you would, I know we've been standing for a while, but out of reverence, if you're able to stand for the reading of the word of God. The title of the message today is The Loin Belt of Truth. So in Ephesians chapter six, and I was originally gonna read verses 14 through 18, but I changed that this morning. And I wanna go to the 10th verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Problem we have, we, we're not strong often in the Lord and we try to win the battles in our own might. I'm speaking to myself also. Verse 11, he goes on and he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the, which is the word of God. Verse 18, Pastor Aaron, would you take the microphone to Pastor Rita this morning, please? If she's available, I didn't see her there. Praying always, somebody say always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there and too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Go ahead, Pastor Rita, and bless the reading of the word of God. Father, it is with gratitude that we come to you today. We have felt your presence in this place. But Father, we ask that once again you shake this place. Let there be a shaking, rattling, and rolling of this place today. And I know that Pastor has looked so forward to this. I know it's been studied and prayed over and anointed and fasted over. So Father, I pray that you would take his word and anoint it again this morning. Bathe every word in the precious anointing, Father, that it would fall on good ears and good ground. And Father, we know that we live in an evil day when right has become wrong and wrong has become right. Prepare us for this day. And Pastor is trying to prepare us for the battles that are ahead of us. So Father, I pray that we pay good attention and we listen and we put on each arm piece of the armor starting with the belt of truth, Father. You said, when I come, will I find faith on this earth? Teach us, Father, that the day and age we're living in, we simply must learn to fight and put a spirit of battle within us, Father. Mm -hmm. I hear the sound of battle in the land uh, mm -hmm. and gird us, Father, uh, and don't make us weak, but my Father once told me that God sends his finest soldiers to the front lines. Mm -hmm. So, Father, don't let us sit out, but send us to the front lines uh, and help us to put Satan on the run uh, and send him back to hell from whence he came uh, with all of his tactics and his tools uh, and we're going to send him back, Father, scurrying off the field because of the power of God that lies within us. So I thank you for what you're about to do in this service this morning, Father, and the victory that's on the way. Let us rumble with the praise and the glory and the victory of God. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. In the earlier chapters of Ephesians, Paul has been discussing the believer's walk. Like I need some monitor, please. And now he suddenly changes course and he says the believer's life is a battlefield. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're on a battlefield. The very moment that you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the believer finds himself in a constant struggle and an unending war. A lot of people in the world would say that a Christian is weak, but to live a Christian life, you've gotta be a strong individual and you've gotta suit up with the entire armor of God. Can somebody say amen? In verse 11, there is the enemy that the Christian soldier has to face. So let's look at that enemy. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So your battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not with your neighbor. It's not with your spouse. It's definitely not with your pastor. 
All right, let's get that clear. It is with the devil. The enemy is the devil and his strategies. In verse 11, the word wiles means the deceits, craftiness, trickery, methods, and strategies which the devil uses to war against the believer. And why he wars against us is to discourage us that we will walk away from our faith. And so oftentimes people tell me, Pastor, I'm going through a difficult time and that's why I just can't come to church and I just don't, I've not been able to pray and I've not been able to read the Bible. That's exactly, he's got you right where he wants you. You've got to be built for the battle and the only way to be built for the battle is through the word of God. Can somebody say amen and give God another hand clap of praise? So listen to me, God has not left us naked before the enemy. He has provided us with spiritual weaponry that has the ability to defeat any scheme that the enemy brings uh, your way, but you've got to clothe yourself. You have got to dress yourself for battle. When you look in the natural, when there's war going on, our soldiers, our men and women have specific uh, weaponry and clothing that is prepared and tested for the battle. And you and I cannot walk on this earth and let the enemy walk over top of us as long as we are not clothed in the armor of God, the devil will whip us every single time. But when you suit up in the armor of God that we are going to learn over the next seven weeks, uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and you will be victorious in the strength of God Almighty. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to get dressed. So Paul, he deals with elements of spiritual warfare that we need to know and appropriate in our own personal lives. Very important to remember while Paul is writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, he is sitting in a prison and not like a prison that we would have today. And he's sitting there in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he's got his eyes on a Roman guard And he's looking at this soldier's armor. Now, if it was you and I, let's just be honest, and we were locked up for doing no wrong, we wouldn't be sitting there saying, God, use me. We'd be whining and crying. So in the moment of our darkest hour, God still wants to use us. Because the Bible said that all things work for the good for them that love the Lord. So, When you're in a situation where you feel like you're on the battlefield, instead of woe is me, say God use me. So you think about Paul sitting there in this prison for other than nothing but preaching the gospel and God uses him to write to the church of Ephesus, but not only writing to them, writes to centuries and centuries and centuries of believers for the rest of time. 
His darkest moment has brought us light today. Oh God, I love that. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was staring at this soldier's armor, armor day in and day out and he had the picture in his mind. God give him a vision of the armor that is needed by the Christian and the children of God to combat the forces of evil. Is anyone in the house tired of the devil stealing your lunch? Is anyone in the house tired of the devil cutting and dividing your family? Coming and stealing your increase? Taking your peace? Well, maybe we ought to look in the mirror and realize that we are naked in the spirit realm and we need to clothe up and suit up with the armor of God and serve notice to the devil that, hey, we know what we're talking about and we're coming after you. You're not taking our lunch no more. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So in this chapter, let's begin to examine the specific pieces of armor that God has given to the church. Who is the church? You and I, the believers of Christ. So I want us to notice how Paul begins this text in Ephesians chapter six, verse 14. He says, stand therefore. The Greek word, and help me, I'm no scholar, don't say amen, Bruce, all right? The Greek word for stand is the word stanner meaning to stand upright, upright. It is the image of one who is so confident that he is willing to stand with his head held high and his shoulders thrown back. I was looking over the message yesterday in my office. I was sitting there in my chair, true story. And I was just all of a sudden, you know, I was crouched over and I'm writing and I just threw myself back, put my head up high, threw my shoulders back. Can I tell you what happened? Everything started popping and cracking. God help me. <laughs> Paul has the picture of a Roman soldier in mind. Standing strong, his head up and his shoulders back because he's got confidence. When I know that I'm right, when I know that I'm equipped, it don't matter what you bring my way. I got my head up on a swivel, my shoulders back, ready for battle. You can evaluate your enemy by their posture. When I was in school, you could tell who you could whip and who you couldn't. And I stood away from the ones that I couldn't handle. Those ones walking around like this, and that's what the body of Christ looks like. Come in the door, you don't know what's going on, Pastor. No, get your head up. Don't have confidence in yourself, but in the strength and the might of the Lord God Almighty, and nobody will take your lunch. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So the Holy Spirit is painting us a picture in this verse. When you've got the full armor of God, you have every reason to stand up straight and be confident in God. The Bible is God's complete armor 
for man. And my friend Lynn wrote me a note and said it's bulletproof. And I like that. The word of God is bulletproof. When you see the president of the United States driving down the road in a long stretch black limo, that vehicle is bulletproof and nothing is going to harm him. Can I tell you that the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, is greater than any armor car and it is bulletproof. God deserves the glory. Pick it up, dust it off, and read it and watch God give you his strength and his might. Come on, somebody, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. I want you to note the next statement in Ephesians chapter six, verse 14. He said, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Second Timothy three and 16 said all, somebody say all. all. Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Paul is being used by God in the dark hours of his life for your benefit and for my benefit. And where did it come from? It was inspired by God Almighty. All word, the word of God is inspired by God Almighty. Don't get that, don't get that wrong. It comes from God. Do you hear what I'm saying? And now we come to the first piece of weaponry that Paul lists in the spiritual armor, the Roman loin belt, the most important weapon. Loin belt, probably the least attractive, least noticeable. If you were to describe a man's clothing, would you start out with his belt? I don't think so, probably not. Your belt seems to be insignificant, just an insignificant little thing until you take it off. Mike and Carrie's daughter, Addie, and Ruby's growed up here. When they were little, they'd sit on my lap. And sometime I'd give them instruction and I remember years ago I said to Addie, I said, Addie, don't make me take my belt off. And she looked at me. She wasn't being bad, I was just joking with her. And she said, I said to her, you know what happens when I take my belt off? She said, no. I said, my pants fall down. <laughs> and that's probably been seven years ago maybe. And I could ask her that walking by today and she'd laugh and say, your pants fall down. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. But that's what happens when you don't have the loin belt of truth. You'll be in the midst of a battle and you'll find yourself naked and unclothed. What specifically is the belt of truth? What is God's truth that the believer is to put on? First and foremost is Christ, is Jesus Christ. The believer is to put on Christ. John 1 and 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, means becoming human. He was full God, but full man and he became the best and greatest teacher and he's teaching us today. The most important thing to put on is Jesus. If you've never been saved, if you've never humbled yourself and repented of your sins, friend, you are lost. But by the grace of God today, you can acknowledge you're a sinner in need of a savior and ask forgiveness and Jesus Christ will forgive you today and then he will begin to clothe you 
In John 14 and six, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way and the what? The truth, the word of God, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Second thing, the word of God is truth, and the believer is to put on the word of God. Listen, we are sanctified by the word of God. Listen to what John 17 and 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Sanctify is to live free from sin, to set us apart, to grow us. Do you hear me this morning? The Roman soldier's loin belt held all the pieces of his armor together, everything. It's in the center of his body. Without it, he has no confidence in the battle. Without the word of God in your life, you have no confidence in the battle. You are going to make critical decisions by the way you feel and by the way you act in the heat of the battle. Without it, you'll have no confidence in fighting. And there's only one spiritual weapon that is visual, and that is the word of God. Do you hear me? The word of God. It's the most important piece of weapons that you possess. The loin belt is at the center part and it holds everything together. And when it's not there, Andy, everything else falls apart in your life. So likewise, when you ignore the word of God, you are willfully, willfully choosing to let your entire spiritual life come apart at the seams. I'm not here to chastise nobody. I'm here to grow myself and to grow you. If you put the word of God at the center of your life, when someone flirts with you in the hallway at work, and when you got up that morning, you dressed yourself and you clothed yourself with the word of God, that weapon will rise up and you will say, I am a married man or I am a married woman. But when you choose to not dress yourself, you will fall time and time again. The enemy knows who to prey upon. He looks for the weak. But when you're clothed with the armor of God, you are not weak. Not only in an affair, but any area in your life where the enemy will come in, that wall will come up and say, no, no, no. You know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The word of God keeps you from becoming entangled with the affairs of life. The word of God supports you in the battles and the trials of life. You gotta stand. You gotta read the word of God. You say, well, pastor, I don't understand. Then I encourage you to start out small. Get a daily devotion. See one of the staff members. Let us help you. Take baby steps. Begin to learn today. And say, God, I'm tired of fighting these battles and being defeated because I'm fighting alone. Paul declares that the loin belt is truth. It's so powerful and crucial. It can take the average individual and cause them to be a 2 Timothy 3 and 17. Listen to this. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works in our zeal, for the truth of scripture, never forget its purpose. 
Have you ever met somebody that's memorized so much scripture, they make you nervous? They seem so heavenly minded or no earthly good. Have you ever been around somebody, they've just, they've, they can quote everything from the front page to the maps in the back. And all they want to use it for is to win an argument over doctrine. Huh? Have you ever met somebody like that? Our knowledge of God's word is useless unless it is strengthening our faith and helping us to do right. And I hope you got that. The knowledge of the word of God is not for you to boast. It's not for you to feel like you are above anybody else or to win any arguments. It is to strengthen your walk and to help you do right. Can somebody say amen? amen. There's a word there that, in that scripture that it said perfect and I went to a commentary because none of us are perfect. And that word means in this context, complete, mature, filled. So in other words, no person is complete or mature apart from the scriptures of God. If you wanna walk through life clothed in your spiritual armor, you must begin with the word of God. No other way, man, I'm telling you. The word here in verse 17, furnish, is taken from the Greek word exartizo. And it means to completely outfit or to fully supply. By using this word, Paul is telling us that the inspired word of God will equip us with the gear that we need to walk in the power of God. I look back in my life and some of the old saints at the Enterprise Methodist Church, including my mom and dad and, and, and aunts and uncles, they were equipped with the word of God and they walked in power and nothing really ever shook them. What happened to the old church? We become so modernized that we no longer walk in the authority and the power of God. I'm not against anything that we have, but friend, there is nothing that you can build a church on except the word of God, and nothing will take you through the battles of life other than the word of God. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Oh. Do you want to learn? I said, does anybody want to learn to enjoy your God-given righteousness? Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter five, verse 12. Man, I had a visual. I don't know if I should share it or not. Hebrews five and 12, for when the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. What is going on here? The Jewish Christians were very immature. And he's saying here, some of you should be teaching others, but you need taught again in order to grow from a baby Christian to grow up to be strong, you must learn the word of God. Oh, it's cute to put 
a spoonful of food and a baby, oh, look at daddy, look at daddy smile. Oh, isn't he the prettiest baby you ever seen? But there's nothing real attractive about dividing a man's goatee at age 40, trying to spoon feed him the word of God. And some of you are laughing, or men and women to come in this place with problems in your life. Instead of coming on the milk, you should be on the meat. And you should be winning some battles in your life, and you should be reaching back and grabbing hold and teaching somebody else. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that hurt. It's okay to have a mess in your pants at two. It's okay for a two-year-old to walk like this. But when you're 40, you like that, don't you? And you're still walking like this. You say, what's wrong, buddy? Ain't nothing wrong with me, but they're headed to the bathroom. You know why I do stuff like that? You know why the number one reason in church growth of people don't go to church? Because they're bored when they get there. One of my mentors that I'm going to see him this week, Bishop Clark, he told me 20 plus years ago, he said, Shingleton, you got the most exciting message in the world, so present it that way. So I'll just walk like this once in a while. I gotta go slow, because I get excited, I get ahead of myself. So according to this verse, you choose or you choose not to develop yourself. You know, I'd rather be preaching up here, powerful message and everybody hooping and hollering and dancing and then we walk out and we're defeated. But we're gonna grow. So according to this verse, you choose not by ignoring God's word. When's the last time you read it? You answer that to yourself. When's the last time you read it? Or do you depend, depend on me to get you filled up on Sunday morning? If that's your only, if that's your only way of nourishment is to depend upon me to feed you, you are suffering malnutrition spiritually. So you choose to, time, you choose to by spending time in God's word. I'm not there yet. There's times I get so out of balance. But if you want to be clothed with the breastplate of righteousness and every other part of the armor that we're about to talk about in the next six, seven weeks, you better first put on the loin belt of truth. Stand with me this morning, and I'm not finished. Stand with me. The word will furnish you with righteousness. Will furnish you. Wouldn't you like to walk in peace? How would you like to walk through this life, no matter what, I didn't say without trials and tribulations, but in the midst of the battles, would you not like to walk in peace? 
Would you like to experience more peace in your life? Anybody, tell me. Would anybody in the house like to have a little bit more peace in your life? Paul tells us how to make this a reality when he says in Colossians 3 and 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Very few Christians experience this ruling, this peace of God in their hearts. So I wonder why that is. It's because of our hectic schedules, number one. Because of our rust pace, number two. Because of our laziness, number three. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. In verse 15, the word rule as used in this verse is taken from the word barbario. It was used to picture an umpire or one that would call the shots in a public game. So by employing this word, Paul is actually saying, let me change a little bit and say, let the peace of God be the umpire that calls the shots in your life. So how do we come to a place, Scotty, in our lives, in our mind, in our emotions, in our fears, in our frustrations, to cease control over these areas in our own lives. How many likes to be in control of everything? Raise both hands if that's you. Raise both hands and one foot if that's you. Both feet and both hands. Paul tells us in the next verse, listen to Colossians 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The early Christians, they didn't have access. They had the Old Testament. You, we, we got the New Testament we got Skitter, Ditter, and Twitter, Facebook, iPods, iPads, I don't know. We got it all. But I don't think we use it as much as maybe our parents and our grandparents. Notice the command, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Two key words there, dwell and richly. Dwell is taken from the word enokia, which is the Greek word meaning to take up residence. It is the idea of settling into a house or making oneself feel at home, bringing the word of God into your home, this temple that you live in. The word richly is from the word pluvius. That's close, but it ain't right. It carries the idea of extreme extravagance and luxurious living. I'm winding down. So Paul is actually saying, let the word of Christ take up residence in your life, in your life, and to come to feel completely at home in you. My kids, I love them all. 
I think all three of them's here, they better be. My daughter this past week went to Bible study with one of the girls on our praise team, the two of them. My son in school went to Bible study at lunch break with one of the professors. I had about 13 young men there. It touched my heart more than anything that they could do in life. You know what would touch my heart if the people that I'm privileged to pastor make a commitment today? That I'm gonna win these battles. Anthony, you've been through a few. And you wouldn't have won. You wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the word of God. Satan tried to kill you. Tried to take you out and I could go around the room time and time again. Satan tried to kill me April 10th of 2021, but I got news for him. If God be for me, who can be against me? Do you hear me? Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. When you give the word of God this kind of priority in your life, the peace of God will begin to rule, umpire. Begin to call the shots in your life. The Holy Spirit will. Instead of you making this, calling the shots in your life out of anger and out of fear and all these things that come from the enemy. Pick up the word of God. Can you begin to play something, please? So how do we walk in strong faith? We'll be talking about faith. How do we walk in believing faith? How does the shield of faith become a daily reality in your life to where all the darts are defended by your faith? It goes back to the word of God. In Romans 10 and 17, Paul gives us the answer. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you want to walk in faith? Then get in God's word and stay there. I hope now that you can understand why Paul started with the belt. <laughs> it's the word of God and it holds your life together. And if you'll grab a hold of that and put it on, everything else will be held together in your life and we will grow. And instead of me changing your mess, you'll reach back and change somebody else's mess. Wouldn't you like to be there? Or you don't have to run and get help all the time. Wouldn't you like to be there because you, you know you can run to your father and he's already equipped you and you just need it reaffirmed and then you get up and you say, wow, this ain't nothing. And you can look back in the valley and see somebody else that needs picked up and encouraged and then they don't have to come see me. That's a double winner. Everybody in the room, bow your heads with me, please. This loin belt of truth, the word of God, has got to be properly positioned in your life to walk in all the other pieces of God's armor. I'm going to say this, give it a try. Again, I didn't come to condemn nobody in the house, nobody. I come to encourage you, friend, there's strength, the strength of God in the loin belt of truth. And I'm gonna ask Christians all around the room, 
that would step out and walk to this altar and say, God, maybe I'm out of balance. God, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. Maybe I've been dependent on my own self. Isn't that amazing how people are coming already? Say, God, I need to suit up today with the, the belt, your word, God. Maybe we would come and repent and ask God to forgive us of our slackful, lazy attitude and ask God to do a new work in our lives. Would you come as Pastor Kerry begins to sing? Come. family right here and pray with them. He's never 
you, this question have I put on Christ have I humbled myself and asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins if you've never done that the first step is to put on Christ the Bible said today is the day of salvation the Bible also says a man can't be saved unless the Spirit of the Lord is drawing him. My friend, if the Spirit of the Lord is tugging at your heart, don't put it off to tomorrow. Don't believe the lies of the devil that says you gotta get your life right. It'll never happen. You gotta clothe yourself first with Christ. Then he'll clean you up. And I'm not gonna come to any individual in here. I'm not gonna drag you down front. But if you're here this morning, you have recognized through the teaching and through the Spirit of the Lord that your heart is not right with God and you'd like to give your life to Christ today, the most important decision you could ever make, you can make it right now. Just slip your hand up real high and say, that would be me, Pastor. I wanna give my life. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand, ma'am. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, keep your hand high. Somebody else, I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, any others this morning? Wow, wow. Adults, men and women all over this building. I want you, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you that lifted your hands, I want you to lift your head and open up your eyes and look at me. I want you to be serious. Lifting the hand had nothing to do with it except acknowledging to where I could see you. But now I want you to open your heart and speak to God. Right where you're at, I want you to speak out loud and I'll lead you in that prayer. Lord Jesus, 
Today, I clothe myself in you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I repent turning from that old lifestyle and that old mentality. And today I humble myself before you and I ask you to cleanse me, forgive me. And from this day forward, teach me to live my life for you. My friend, if you prayed that, and you pray that with all sincerity of your heart, I want to be the first to welcome you to the greatest family, and that would be the family of God. Can the church put your hands together and rejoice and give God a great hand clap of praise? Come on, somebody bless the Lord. There's great Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 